and welcome to the Glacier Musical Podcast, Beer, Metal, and Swearing. It is Wednesday night, which is not when this posts. It posts on Fridays. So it's Wednesday for me, Friday for you, or Monday, depending upon when you listen to this. It is Nick Cameron of Glacier Musical, the one, the only. I don't know where I'm going with this. And of course, I am joined by uh, Clam Bake Chocolates. How are we doing I this week? Feel, I feel baked. Um, uh, frankly, you, are the one and, I, you are not only the one and only, you are my one and only. Frankly, I had a far better nickname, and I was going over it when I was making the nachos, and it was a, it was a two-banger. It was the forward and the back, and I fucking forgot it. Making the nachos would be a good podcast name or a band name. But no, make, make, making. Making. making anyway, the nachos. So as it is beer metal swearing, I am going to crack open... The greatest beer in the world, an STL IPA or a Stalipa, as they say it's called. I don't know. It is a 10% double IPA brewed just down the street from my house. That is super impressive. I, to use an old parlance, am feeling under the weather following my epic trip to LA, my few days actually off from the world, and I am drinking seltzer from Costco because I feel like crap. I, uh, you know, Costco, that's pretty bourgeoisie. Uh, I like the Aldi's things. Except I love beverages. Aldi's. We don't, they got rid of them where I live. So Except I for the beverages. Them. I mean, it's, it's very socialist of me, but I like Aldi's and Trader Joe's. because no, I love I, Trader Joe's, my favorite store. I don't got to choose shit. I want beef stew. I get the beef stew, the one beef stew. Then they like right. change the labels to make me think I'm not buying store brand beef stew when it could just right. be the Kroger beef stew in a yellow can that just says beef stew what is this glass you're drinking out of uh this is the first piece of uh nhl stanley cup memorabilia i purchased in my entire life being as my team had never won a cup i have never owned anything with the stanley cup on it until 2019 while i was nursing a lovely hangover on a friday after spending that thursday night at the arena watching uh, game seven on television. This is my Blues Stanley Cup Champions 2019 glass. I was asking, I was going to ask you if the glass is frosted with a white or are you just terrible at pouring beer? No, it's frosted with white. I didn't know that when I bought it. <laughs> I was hung over and it was in the morning and it was $35. And My dude, the Rangers won the first anything in my life in 1994. Messier, the guarantee, Stefan Mateau, Mark Richter, John Van Beesbrook, Brian Leach, my favorite Ranger. Had a half of those guys in the Blues three years later. Yeah, they had half of those guys in the All those guys. I met a couple in L.A. from Edmonton, and all he was talking about was fucking Messier and Jeff Boogaboom. And I was like, dude, that's half my team from the 90s. <laughs> but, like, when the Rangers finally won, I had all the Rangers Stanley Cup shit. Hats, sweater, shirt, scarf, the puck, everything. I don't know where I am very, very specific when it comes to the hockey merchandise I purchase. So I also have a Boston University puck from 2010 when they won the Frozen Four. I saw them win the Frozen Four in 2007. That's crazy. Yeah, we had an awesome team. That was the first. they beat they beat no they beat uh, North Dakota, so we had uh, so TJ Oshie, who was then was just about to get up, just about to sign for the Blues, signed to the Blues, 
was uh, was on that was was in that same Frozen Four. Yeah, as was as was uh, Big Ben Bishop, Bishop, whom I did not see play because I missed the first game. Oh, okay. So we, uh, lot of, we have lot very of... low low goals in Boston. If you just win the Bean Pot, which is like Boston, Harvard, MIT, UMass, uh, Maine, New Hampshire. UConn, you beat those teams, it's like we won the whole thing. And they don't <laughs> care if they won. But actually, BU has a, a beautiful, again, a Serena is gorgeous, great, great hockey place. I've seen concerts there, so Allison Chains there. And um, I think I saw Tool there also. So, uh, yeah. Anywho, we're gonna, shit. We, yeah, we're, we're going to get really lost. We're going to get way we're down not. the rabbit hole. We're not. We're not. Uh, it, it, we're, right now, we're as not. we record this, we are knee-deep in the preseason of hockey. Presently, the the Blues are undefeated preseason champions, which for most of the players on the team means they still get cut. I have no expectations for my team this year. Once oh, I have leave. none. I have zero, but that's fine. Let's Giants have, are terrible. Yankees let, probably going to the World Series on a uh, banged up team. Uh, other things that defy expectations and have none. Black Sabbath at the end. Well done. Um, you know, it's it's been difficult to get down this road. This is the tough part. This is episode four of four of these Sabbath episodes. And and as usual, I, I deeply appreciate this time with you. Um, I will mention, even though it's going to be over by the time this airs, that Ghost Cult is tickled pink, if you could see. Ghost Cult could have a color. It's usually black and gray. But if, if Culty, our mascot, could have a color, it would be pink because... We got asked by Black Sabbath publicity team in the UK to host a contest around the technical ecstasy box set that's coming out the week we're recording this now. Which is like one of the coolest things I have ever heard. Someone in Black Sabbath sort of knows your name. Their team, not them. Uh, I keep asking, I keep getting told this. It's like, Okay, we're doing this series of reissues. Eventually, you will get an interview with a member of Black Sabbath. We don't know who. It will not be on the phone. It'll probably be over email, and you will find out within 24 hours, and you'll have to be ready to go. I was like, I was born for this job. Tell me when it is, and I'll be there. Hopefully, it's not Tony Martin. No, no, it's going to be. Oh, I mean, I would interview Tony Martin. I'd love to. I'd love I to would totally Tony do that, Martin. too. I also want to interview Ian and talk about board again. I don't even want to talk about Deep Purple. He probably wouldn't be interested, actually. But um, <laughs> chant, if we've interviewed Bill Ward in the past, we were lucky enough to interview Bill Ward. Um, I've been close on Geezer a couple of times, and um, Deadly big St. Louis Cardinals fan. Yes, and Deadland Ritual was going to be uh, my shot at interviewing him actually uh, live, and it fell through. Um, so, but we are. We got our UK guy, one of our UK, many UK people got sent a technical ecstasy box set to review. We have been supporting all their releases. I've been trying my hardest to just be a good partner to them. And today in my inbox, it was like, hey, would you like to give away a handful of these posters of the, the deluxe large wall size technical ecstasy art print poster that comes with this box set? And you can have one too. As a bonus, and I was like, "Yes, I will," and thank you. And so that's running. Unfortunately, it'll be over by the time people hear this podcast. But I think it's pretty damn swell. That is that um, is really awesome. You are an amazing person, as as uh, Alexander Delarge put it. One must a leader must know when to be kind and generous to his unders, and you have just shown that because there is no way in hell I would be able 
to allow one of my unders to get that box set and not me because I'm a selfish bastard. There's a lot of times, I'd say this, like um, to quote Lester Bangs in Almost Famous, like I do weekly, you know, you get free records from the record company, but uh, you never get paid much. And so like, if there's an opportunity for me to bestow something on someone, I do. I will also shout out since we're both, we're going to skip our vinyl segment this week and just get into the nitty gritty. I actually have one vinyl thing I want to discuss. Well, if you have one vinyl thing, then I have two vinyl things, but the problem is- No, I've got an important vinyl thing, which involves friends. Hold on a second. Craft Recordings is a pretty awesome record label. Puts out reissues of albums. Deluxe, beautifully made, et cetera, et cetera. Um, You know, uh, limited edition swirly beautiful vinyls but but really like anniversary things are their mm. thing i think they're a subsidiary of rhino not 100 percent sure most uh, likely have, i would assume they have sent me vinyl for doing those reviews because it helped it, they literally think it helped they give me a custom link i don't know i don't have a way to track it and say this many albums got sold off of my record but the attempt is oh, what they care about yeah, yeah, off yeah. of our reviews but i have sent those vinyl to my staff as a thank you, because sometimes it's not a band that's for me. And sometimes it is a band for me, but I don't try to keep them. If somebody, you know, I feel like they should get rewarded if they want it. And so I have tried to send those around to a few people. Um, what is your vinyl thing quickly? The only vinyl thing I have uh, this week, uh, I guess it was Saturday, I went to my good friend Joe Tebow's house and picked up his record. My friend Joe Tebow is in a band called Finn's Motel. He is the, the main songwriter. Amazing power pop band. If you think that Cheap Trick is too young and you think that Cheap Trick should have a slightly older point of view, then Finn's Motel is for you. I absolutely fucking love them. I actually watched his old band back in the day when we weren't friends called The Finn's. Um, a much stronger power pop uh, Cheap Trick aping band. Uh, Finn's Motel is a much more mature. You can check that out at finnsmotel.bandcamp.com. And that is F-I-N-N-S. I'm on it. And uh, speaking of Power Pop, I saw Debo this weekend also. Awesome. My epic LA trip. Sort of a last minute purchase. Hopefully it didn't get me COVID because I don't feel good now. Mm. But um, I And then I totally misplanned the trip entirely because uh, I was staying in downtown LA and the venue it just says the youtube theater and it shows a little amphitheater so i think i'm going to an amphitheater uh, which i did but it's the amphitheater inside of sophie stadium where the rams play so i get mm. dropped off by the uber because i'm an idiot at the parking lot and i have to now sprint 400 yards of cars into the football stadium go into the stadium and into the amphitheater that's part of the football stadium it was gorgeous Devo was awesome. I made it right on time. They played all the bangers. Uh, I forgot how many of these songs I know and love. I had Devo records as a child and a youngster. And so what a killer band. This might be the end of the road for them. They're talking about maybe one more go round next year, a full-fledged tour. Like, hopefully I get to see them. I would don't like to see them. skip them if they come to your town. I it's don't believe. I, mo- I mean, we're in the middle. Chicago, Case- Chicago St. Louis, KC. They're a Midwest band, though. Like they the might. Mo- the mo- but the most of those cities anybody ever hits is two. That's true. Nobody ever hits three. And they hit Cleveland. They hit Chicago. It's right. funny He's that out. there was the YouTube theater because my man MC Chris back in twenty aught four dropped the MC Chris Part Four Dungeon Master of Ceremonies, and in that one in the skits, his uh, manager decided to assassinate him. 
in order to cement his icon status and sell more records so he could make more money, which is genius, just absolute genius management if you think about it, if you, get a, if you got a 360 deal. And he's like, go to the YouTube Awards, go to the Internet Emmys. It's like, do they have those? I don't know. They get on have. the Internet and find out. But now, yeah, I mean, now YouTube... I will never get a golden, whatever is a platinum YouTube, whatever is a pet. I, I look, I just want a middle finger or spit on a paper from somebody at YouTube. That's that's all I'm looking okay. for. Well, maybe I'll get hired by YouTube and I'll do that for you. Fair enough. Um, we so are you moving. You got your friends vinyl? Really? I did. Quick. I did. I am great pressing, buying, I might add. Oh, awesome. I'm not buying anything new. I've cut myself off. I need to be a little more same, after same. my LA after my uh, pricey LA trip which was much cheaper when I originally booked it. Thanks COVID. But I, um, I, but things are, are pouring in that I ordered already. And so. Yeah. That was I, something I ordered this one eight months ago. Yeah. So I finally got my spirit box eternal blue album, which is on nice. the billboard charts. This album charted number 13 in the billboard overall charts. Incredible job they did. And uh, I did treat myself to the tool undertow double vinyl. Very cool. Uh, it's not a swirly. It's just a straight up black vinyl, tool on vinyl. It's uh, you gotta have it if they they haven't put out a lot of it, and they just did the last few years. So I managed to get a new pressing of Undertow because it sold out like that. All of our uh, financial plans have changed, right? And that's all I'm gonna say because yeah, you know yeah. nobody wants to hear about you know my whining. But mm. due to due to that, uh, presently right now I am going into a personal financial lockdown. Yeah, yeah. Just to just you know. He be in J for lunch. Uh, no, it's it's Trader Joe's roast beef. That's fine. Trader, Trader Joe's, Joe's roast beef, beef with you. with uh, all these bread, mm. uh, extra hot mustard. But I switch up the bread. I switch up the cheese, and I switch up the meat. Some days it's some days it's roast beef. Are some you, days it's turkey. Are you a pickle guy? Uh, I am, but I don't put the pickles on the I don't put the pickles on the sandwich because I make them at night. Okay. The secret is you blot the pickles off, and you wrap them in saran separately, and then you put them on. Oh. Eat them. All right, all right, all right. I'm probably gonna. They do get that. soggy. Yes, the whole sandwich book. I haven't, I haven't tried that yet tonight, so I'm probably gonna do that. And then I got my Aldi's chips, and I bring a Mountain Dew because Mountain Dew is just. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I live in the Midwest. Yeah. You don't. You're not south enough to get Sun Drop, which is basically Mountain Dew in the South. No, but we have Midwest Mountain Dew as well called Ski. I don't, I don't know what that sounds like. Coke, really? It's, it's way <laughs> better. Would you say Ski? <laughs> sorry. Well, then there's the the Midwest, uh, the Junkyard Speedball, which is Mountain Dew and meth. Jesus. I don't do that. But Left Lane Cruiser sings about it. Um, anywho, let's let's move on because let's move on. Ooh. So where did we leave off? I'll let, we, you, I'll let you round it up. We left off. I think, we, I think we're looking. If the, we, so we, I, we. Hang on, hang on. I, I want to say this one thing. I know I said I was going to do that, but I'm not going to do that now because I thought of something, a funny thing. Okay. I think right now, if we look in the rear view mirror and over our shoulders, I think we see the fucking shark. They jumped it. Yeah, they jumped it. I mean, Sabotage is still a good record, sort of. It's got a couple of good bangers, but they definitely, they, they just didn't have the ability to party and still make great records. Well, Some they were partying, could. writing, and suing. Let's not take it like let's not forget the fact that they were totally robbed off, ripped off, robbed. It covered every second of their minds. They were deeply paranoid and upset. 
that couldn't trust anybody in the business. They had the- Bill Ward as their legal secretary. Yeah, it's bad. I, I, I think that's. I, I think that, that dude put his pants on backwards a couple of times. Like the dude went on tour with dirty laundry and dirtier laundry. Yeah, um, it's unfortunate because like they didn't have. They weren't. Let's say Zeppelin had the luxury of not worrying about anything because they had everything taken care of, even though they also had a similarly corrupt and thuggy manager, but they had everything taken care of. They got paid incredibly well, even if they were derided critically, they were publicly loved. They sold the most records. They had their own. They were the first stadium band for God's sakes. Queen. Queen was. Queen was? Um, Queen was the very like first stadium stadium to grow football. into stadiums. Into okay, fair enough. Football, soccer stadiums. Soccer all right, all right, I'll defer. Um, but Zeppelin was second for sure. And um, yeah, man, um, Sabbath struggled on the on those fronts. They, they didn't see the money. They, they earned the money, didn't see it. And that's a huge thing when you're, when you're worrying month to month about like, can I support my family? Where are my check? I'm supposed to be in this platinum selling band, which they were multi times over. And those early records continue to sell. And again, this is physical sales. There's no really no not a lot of mechanical. There's no streaming. There's not really a lot of mechanical royalties collected at this time. They were there, but they're not there like you think they're there. And then most of your money comes from the road at this point. And they told as it, it always has. As it always and has. but we I think everyone in that's listening to this right now knows what it's like to be a part of a multi-million dollar operation at some level and then wonder how you're going to pay your bills. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, no worries. It's, uh, it's unfortunate for them because it really interfered with their lives and it interfered with their ability to make music together happily. It, and set, so them on, it set them on the wrong path. They, and then I think actually really what fucked them up, to be, if I can be really blunt, like Sabbath Bloody Sabbath, they made in LA. They were on the brink of collapse mentally, physically, and the you know, well, their well being. Everything. But they turned out a great record. They tried to do it again with with sabotage. It didn't work. They went back to England, made kind of a halfway okay record. Uh, you know, and like it just didn't um, you know, like it didn't uh carry over. And so they start to diminish. The record quality starts to go down, just to be fair. They still have great songs. They're still Black Sabbath, but just the quality of the records starts to decline sharply. Sharply. I I have to say that as a humongous fan, I know that people love these records. People love these, people love these last two records. And I will say before we begin that I have found in retrospect that I like technical ecstasy a lot more than I thought I did. And say, I, and never say dies a lot worse than I thought it was. I vacillate I even on finish on, it on technical ecstasy. Um, just to point out, <clears throat> Duncan and I did an episode on technical ecstasy. The first time I listened to it, I, I dug it. Then I listened to it for the Department of Mental Antiquities, and I hated it. <laughs> and then I listened to it again tonight. So we'll see what happens now. It's better than I thought it was. It's not that great. The other one, which I was like, oh, this is no good. It was worse than I thought. I had to restart it several times. They interrupted it. Like, I never turn off a record I'm listening to for one of these things or anything. I let it play or let a song play. At least I don't cut off a song. I had to cut off songs, like in the middle. Like, oh, I can't anymore with this. So bad. But anyway, so they get to 76. And um, 
this is the birthday that I bought rock and roll over or live to. I don't remember in my life. Like we, we, this comes out the week after. This is around the time my mother is absconding uh, across state lines with me from my father. Okay. No, it's a good thing. I'm glad she did. No, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a very similar to Dave Mustaine's uh, life story. It oh, happens more than you think. Oh, I'm sure. Especially in the 70s. I mean, nobody cared yeah. in the 70s. Yeah, my mom, we, they were too broke to break up. <laughs> they didn't want, definitely weren't together by this time. My mother had a my, my mother had a landing pad, so thank God for Aunt Peg. Yeah, it worked. So they get to record number seven. Which seven is a metric fuck ton of records. For any band in this yeah. era to survive all this shit and have a strong, you know, still seven records and then eight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sabotage. Uh, they did the record in Miami. Again, I'm pretty sure it was based on drugs and partying. A lot of bands did this. I found this out in the KK Downing book where he was like, don't let any band tell you like, oh, we're really looking forward to the Bahamas and relaxing. Every studio was chosen like for the proximity of drugs and babes or dudes, whatever they liked. And like, you know, like it was no, nothing was chosen because well, it's like, like we love the Hammett studio said. in Hawaii. It's like Kirk Hammett said in the Metallica behind the music. You hear about these excesses in the rock and roll lifestyle, and then you want to live them. Yo, they could. Um, and they did. And they did. Um, so they go to Miami to make Technical Ecstasy, and they really... It feels like a record that is trying to sound like a, like trying to sound like their contemporaries and not themselves. And there's a really great quote from... It completely uh, is. There's a really great... Uh, I'm going to butcher this. going to paraphrase a quote again from another legend of music criticism that I like to paraphrase at times. Anthony DeCurtis, not a metal fan, and was not talking about Black Sabbath. He was talking about somebody else, but he was like, a lot of bands get to a point in their career, and it's not so much that they need to remember who they are. They run away from who they were to go somewhere they think is better, and then they find out they made, they made a mistake. That's a very bad way of phrasing a very deep and interesting thought about the career of an artist in a band. And that's exactly what this record is. <clears throat> the The entire time as they're writing it, Iomi is saying, we need to be more like Fleetwood Mac. We need to be more like the Eagles. We need to be more like these contemporary bands. And then he does it. We get technical ecstasy. And then he goes, well, if we hadn't done that, everybody would have been mad at us for doing the same thing over again. And I'm like, well, you never really did the same thing over and over again to begin with. It, that's one of the things I really like about Black Sabbath is each album has its own personality. But that's besides the point. Yeah, and then uh, I think also they were struggling. I guess there's some notes here about Don Arden was really spending all of his time on ELO, who they kind of tried to start to sound like, which is terrible. I don't want my Black Sabbath to sound like Yellow, and I don't mm-hmm. want Yellow to sound like Black Sabbath. Um, I want Yellow to sound like Black Sabbath. I, I wish I like could more. Yeah. I would probably like them more. But yeah, Hotel California, Rumors, Foreigner. Foreigner is a band. Foreigner, that's the one he kept I, talking about. I read Foreigner. the Dio book. I finished the Dio book on my trip, and he was like, yo, you would not believe how many times I've been in a business meeting where somebody has mentioned, why doesn't the band sound like Rainbow? Why doesn't Rainbow sound like more like Foreigner? Why doesn't Dio Black Sabbath? You know what you guys should try to do is like a jukebox hero song, and then they were like, "No, dude, no." But like, it's maybe a, that like, maybe the maybe those dudes should have worked with Foreigner. 
Oh, ouch! I like Foreigner. I'm, I want. To I know have what seen Foreigner. I want twice. you to show me. I'm sorry. I said I want to know what love is. I want oh. you to show me. I'll take my shirt off. I mean, hey, what? <laughs> Yo, no one can see these things. It's a podcast. Anywho, nobody can see anything because nothing happened. That's it. So you know, there's a but lot. We have, of stuff we have going black. On. We 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 have foreign Sabbath or blackener or yeah there's a lot of weird things going on with the band in and out and they knew it was the beginning of the end they were managing themselves their quotes ozzy had ozzy claims to have come up with the phrase blizzard of oz at, at this time. time and already had shirts made and was thinking of going solo or at least putting out a solo record as a way of asserting himself to them not knowing he was going to get fired later um well he quits after, he quits this, record, after this record and then comes, comes back, back. And we'll then get gets there. fired. We'll get there. We'll get there. That whole thing was very interesting. Um, so, technical ecstasy, man, it's not that great a record. You know, uh, if you're not paying close attention, it's pretty good. It's that better is, than did, I thought it was. That is it's, not great praise. It's better than I thought it was. And it has three really excellent songs. The next record has none. Maybe one. No, and it has one. This one has, well, I like Never Say Die, but we'll get there. Um, and can generally, we not do, can we, can we not we do the to. whole track by track on this? Well, we don't have to. That's true. Oh, thank God. Um, or the next one, because, I mean, we can just yeah. yell about this without yeah. really having well, to relive so, these things. Yeah, I mean, like, if I'm going to single out the three songs that everyone knows, It's All Right, sung by Bill Ward, which is an incredible piano ballad. It is still used in movies, television, and commercials today. Bill has an incredible singing voice and has done a lot more singing lately in his solo work uh, as an uh, elder. Do not listen to Bill Ward when the bow breaks. No, that's it. It is interminably long Hmm. and unconscionably bad. Oh, okay. But this is great. It's all right. It's a great song. And a lot of people were like, why didn't Ozzy sing this? But it was a Bill song. And uh, this was written while Ozzy was out of the band. Okay. And Ozzy would not sing it. Oh, is that the case? I think it's that that story is less true. And I think Bill had this song. It's kind of like got a jaunty Elton John esque piano. It is definitely not an Ozzy song. No. I mean, as much as Changes is. And, you know, he didn't write any of these things, really. he claims he wrote the melodies, but you know they had guitars. He, well, he might too. have because he has a great ear for melody. That's one thing I have to give it to Ozzy about. His ear is incredible for melody. I don't. He can't always deliver on it technically, <laughs> but his ear to get the notes right—that's a whole skill, man. A lot of I know, I know, notes. I know, I know, I know. So anyway, it's all right. Would be my pick as the best song on this record. The second really? best song on this record is "Dirty Women." Okay, fair. Which a lot of people like and is the only song, like one of the few songs I use to promote this contest for this album. And it's the only song linked in on Instagram to Spotify for stories because uh, it's the song that everyone knows. Also, so, the only song that Black Sabbath is willing to uh, maintain live. ever existed right. on this record. Yes, this is the only one they play live. They still played it live on the reunion shows. They played it live on the 13 tour. Um, God knows why, but they did. It's a solid song. It's not great. It's long. The record it's, version it's is long. It's a solid song, but if I'm being honest, 
there's just so much more I would rather hear. Yeah, of course. I, it's 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 their attempt to throw back at their earlier stuff. Well, it's it's Black Sabbath trying not to do what Kiss did on their on their reunion tours, mm. where they only played the the, the classic six. That's you know, and then well, they're doing Black better than that now. Yeah, the Kiss is doing better than that now. They're no, they're not because they're only all... three of them are playing. No, they're doing eight. Well, yeah, they're doing eighties things, and they're doing a but few. But Tommy that, that... can't play the eighties things. I know that. Well, he's not, and he also can't play Revenge, which is arguably their fifth or sixth best record, and they should be playing the whole record. Um, but what should do you know? be, but he can't play them. I know. Um, and then Rock and Roll Doctor. Rock and Roll Doctor's solid. It's not. Bad. It's not about getting heroin. I mean, I don't know. I always feel like it is, yes. And now, so that song was on We Sold Our Souls for Rock and Roll. Was it? No, it was not. I thought it was. It's no. on the American no. version. No, uh, We Sold Our Soul for Rock and Roll was uh, the first CD I had. Yeah, mine too, actually. I think one of mine. We sold our... I, I'm Googling, so just talk while I'm Googling. So, while, while Nick punches things into the Google machine, I like And I'm your, sorry, I pound the crap out of You know, I was going about to compliment your light touch on the keyboard for a change. Oh, really? Instead uh, of Black <laughs> Sabbath, The Wizard, Warning, Paranoid, War Pigs, Iron Man, Wicked World, Tomorrow's Dream, Ferris Wear Boots, Changes, Sweet Leaf, Children of the Grave, Sabbath Bloody Sabbath, Am I Going Insane, Laguna Sunrise, Snowblind, and Ivy. How did those two songs get in there from that record, Laguna Sunrise, and Am I Going Insane even made it onto that thing? Okay. You know, I, I think they had to put something on there that honestly would have gotten, would have gotten publishing for. Oh, maybe, yeah. And being as that's the only one. Yeah, so I think... I it's think not those, a bad song, it's just not great. Yeah, those are the three songs that I liked on this record, and the other ones are bad. You know, I, I gotta um, be honest. We don't have I, to go through them all, but they're bad. I dig, I, I dig the first couple tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Backstreet Kids, you won't change me. Those are they're okay. Those, those are Black Sabbath. They hold up. They, they hold up. They're Black Sabbathy. They are in the vein of both Sabotage and Sabbath Bloody Sabbath. Yep. Which same Sabbath Bloody Sabbath is still one of my favorite Black Sabbath records because it has classic and experimental yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, then you get past that and you get. Uh, Oh, Jesus fucks. Um, yeah, Gypsy. I, I would say this. There's definitely some Pink Floyd stuff going on here. They did have a keyboard player on this album, on the whole album. Yeah, unnecessary. Gerald Woodruff. I and, believe there was uh, like, you know, some Jerry Lee Lewis piano bits here and there. Well, it's and... all right. It has like a boogie, a little honky tonk. Again, it, John I, thing. Duncan put it best when he said, all of a sudden, it's like Billy Powell of Leonard Skinner playing yes. the Black Sabbath. And, and Skinner had hit it this time, so you could totally see, like, they got, like, in a, oh, you know what? It'd be cool if we took our riffs and we had that stuff behind it. It'd be you know what's cool. not cool, though, though? Exactly that. The that execution is, is bad. There's, I don't know that you could execute that properly. I don't think you could have a highly trained French guillotine operator execute this in a way that makes sense. Wow. Um. Does it take a lot of uh, training to execute a guillotine? I'm pretty sure it's a, it's a, it's a lever. Well, you <laughs> know, like Mitch head. Hedberg said, they needed to get to the two-blade one that lifts and separates. I see. They never yes. got there. I see. So, again, it's it's a good, it's not a terrible record. It's not terrible. I, I just told, and... unfortunately, it has to follow these other records, most of which are high, if and this then were starting a, to decline. If this were a foreigner record, or if this were earlier we wouldn't be looking down on it so angrily if this were a, 
an ELO record, if this were, you know, if this were a B or C level band rather than Black Sabbath, right. who is not just an A level metal band, but yeah. they're the fir- they're the trailblazing metal band, and then they drop. You know, a third of this record is arguably good. We're all going to have different arguments as to which third that is. And then it's got a third where you're like, um, okay, well, you know, that's definitely a song. And then you've got a third where it's like, no, just no. And this is, at this point in time, at this moment, definitely the worst thing they've done. Yeah, and, and then I guess Ozzy went home and went to the asylum, checked himself in for a change. Well, you know, after telling him you, he had to go. After you write a song about a transvestite becoming president of the United States, I don't know where else you could go. Well, they presaged um, idiocracy with that idea. I wonder if uh, Mike Judge got that idea from there. But um, uh, I don't know. I what I do know is that, frankly, this is. This is a record which is an absolute wonderful textbook example of how the mighty have fallen. Mm. They, you know, I think it was Robbie Krieger who put it that at the beginning, the drugs really help you and they loosen you up and they let you, they allow you to let yourself off your own hook and then you become a slave to them. And at this mm. point in time, they were definitely a slave to the drugs. Hmm. I, I feel that completely. And then let's just talk about this for a second. Um, the Eagles were making Hotel California at the exact same time next door. Which is an ode to drugs. Which or... is all about drugs, but that band was able to handle it somehow confidently. Plus there's like nine of them or something at that time. Well, so. and they hated each other. That's my favorite thing about the Eagles, is <laughs> that if you put those guys in a room without instruments and a couple of knives, four of them would walk out dead. How, how how much do you think Glenn Fry on like his last moment alive was like fucking Don Henley? You know what? I think he was probably cutting himself while he was, you know, experiencing the throws and crossing over the bridge going, that mother son of a... Because, oh. you know, he's realizing that at this point in time as he dies, he will forever be linked to Don Henley. And fuck that guy. Kind of. And then, did you know that Vince Gill is in the Eagles right now in the Glenn Fry role, which is fucking bizarre to me? Wait, I thought they had Glenn Fry's kid doing it. They have somebody's kid. I don't think it's Glenn's son. Maybe I don't know. Though. I mean, half of those dudes are dead. You have Don. Well, Henry I mean, like the guy who was kicked out—that's the most important guy—is Don Felder, who they kicked out. Who is the the architect of the band? The sound that everybody loves is Don is Don Felder. What the the Eagles are now the same thing as what Sticks is the same thing as what Foreigner is, and frankly the same thing as what Kiss is. Play the hits. They are what passes for. Yes, that's fair. So they they uh, they make technical ecstasy. It gets so so reviews. They go. They don't tour much. Uh, even though they need the money, they don't go out much. Uh, did chart 51 in the US, 13 in the UK, still not bad. 33 in Sweden, 38 in Canada. I don't know if the Swedish or Canadian charts at that point in time mattered all that much. Well, it's here. So somebody. Well, I mean, it. at that point in time, they Canada did sell, had 10 million a, people. A gold it, record in, in official sales, 500,000 sales. In the States? Yeah. I mean, in Canada, at that point in time, Canada had less people than California. But I mean, right. I guess it still does, so never hey, mind. Hey-oh. 
So yeah, this a lot of record, people in California. That being said, when you think that this record, wow, this could be better. The next one's awful. It's so bad. And apparently we're back. <laughs> we, we would be the best television color commentary duo of all time if we were. Which and one of us like, is doing play-by-play? Play? Uh, you. Oh, fuck me. And then I'm the analysis, of course. Come on. I mean, all I'm going to be talking on... about the whole time is my back hurts. I hate this. The stairs are long and people smell bad. It's going to be like dodgeball. That one got him right in the nuts, Cotton. It's gonna I've, be so, I've, never, I've never seen that movie. I, ben Stiller is on my no list. You said that. I, I, I understand why. Everyone else in that movie, I love them. Like, uh, I, I, I don't know her name. Steven she Root. Played, no, Christine Taylor. She played Marsha Brady. Christine Taylor. She's yeah, married. I, she is married to Ben Stiller. Oh, How? How? Well, you know what? She's now on my no list. So, no, I, I, I cannot abide like Marcia, by that. Marsha, But no, I, Marcia, I love her Marcia, and um, Judd Nelson, Judd Taylor, Judd Simpson. Probably not even Judd. The the other guy with the nice hair. He was in Psycho. What's Vince his name? D'Onofrio. No, not yeah, Vincent. Uh, not Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent. Uh, He's in Wedding Crashers. It's gonna blow. Yeah, that guy. Which yeah. I don't like Wedding Crashers, but that's besides the point. So, moving on because we're gonna wrap it. Yeah, yeah. So I, never I, say die. Oh Technical God! Ecstasy. Please say <laughs> die. Well, here, let's. What it's more interesting than the album is what happens between the albums. Ugh. So, so yeah. Technical Ecstasy in hindsight, I actually didn't totally hate. I actually liked half of it. And Technical Ecstasy, I like better the less I pay attention to it. Well, now that I heard it again lately, I liked it a little more than my memory. But this was impossible. It's at least as good as the Joe Perry project. Okay. Was it is it is tech what's better, sabotage or technical ecstasy? Uh, oh. It's close. I'm gonna go technical ecstasy because I have better, it on vinyl. Sabotage has better songs like in the pantheon of Black Sabbath, mm, but agreed. then the rest of the album is worse. And then it's sort of like Technical Legacy is like a flat line all the way through with a couple of little peaks. And yeah. The good songs are pretty great. And then the rest of it is just all right. Yeah. So I wonder if Technical Legacy is almost like they did this up and down sine wave where they were like, great, not so great. Great or good, not so good. And that's kind of like where they were heading, uh, like going down the stairs. And so Never Say Die as you crack opening another beer. And I have another seltzer because I need to be hydrated right now. I don't feel good. Um, at, uh, you know, technical ecstasy, goes into, I'm gonna I'm gonna give that one if we're gonna give it a rating a six and a half out of ten. That's fine because not it's not it, it. it's never offensively bad, but it's also it, not good. Right, it's it, not even it's remotely ne- great. Right, but it's never like oh hell yeah. So it 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 just hovers. It just it just gets by. So this is kind of mind blowing. Uh, be, it's technically before Never Say Die. Ozzy quits in between the records. He Correct. threatened to quit on the last record. He threatens to quit a lot. I'm going to quit. You'll see what you do without me. He did a lot of that shit on these drugs. And he actually checked himself into an asylum. And I'm sure... Well, they asylum, didn't have rehab back then. That's yeah, You go to the funny farm to chill out and get some help and get get back to the middle. Whatever your middle is, which Ozzy's middle is probably all of our peak. 
But um, Ozzy's middle is our fifty-one fifty. Yeah, probably. So Ozzy is out of the band when they start to write and record "Never Say Die," and they get Dave Walker, who probably our listeners don't know who that is. There's a great band called Savoy Brown that Dave was the singer of. He also briefly sang in Fleetwood Mac. But you wouldn't know he wasn't on the song. Everybody you know. briefly sang in Fleetwood That's Mac. Everybody briefly played lead guitar or sang in Fleetwood Mac. But not Lindsey Buckingham anymore. Oh! Oh! Then a bing. Um, which is a tragedy because I was really Agreed. looking forward to seeing them one more time with him. Well, now not happen. Um, and maybe I will not go to the see the scab Fleetwood Mac. Same thing. What passes for Fleetwood Mac? Although they uh, have Tommy most... Thayer, just if we're if we're gonna go scabs, Tommy Thayer is right to work Ace Freely. <laughs> I don't know. Come on, that's funny. He must have the dirt on Gene. Like no, he, he does what he's photos. He does what he's told. Yeah, that's fair. Singer Tommy, clean play. my gutters. Tommy, get my piscetti. Tommy, get my coffee. Tommy, wear Ace's makeup. Pis- Piscetti. Uh, yeah, I think Singer is actually incredible and has had a great career. Yeah, same thing. Is. Exact same thing. Yeah, well, there, I mean, and, for billions and, of dollars, you do it too. You look, I, I, I tell jokes. I make, I make quips. I but there's, Beth. I'm sorry. I can sing Beth and Hard Look Woman. I just can't play drums. But there's absolutely nothing wrong with what those two dudes are doing. They got to no. pay the bills. No, and you know, but I'm still yeah. gonna poke fun at right to work, Tommy. At right I, to work, Ace Free. I do want to see uh, Kiss one more time. But, I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I know. I should just leave it be in my memory and not be disappointed. You should. I regret. But there's a having... chance that they're gonna do their last shows ever at New York. Yeah, I saw them in 2014, hometown. and Paul Stanley sounded like a Ferrari muffler with a hole in it. The problem with Kiss, I saw Kiss in 2017, and they were actually really good. But the problem was they came on after Rob Zombie. So Rob Zombie has this incredible, wild, loud show. And then Kiss comes on, and it's like somebody pulled the speaker out partway, the old three-ring speakers, the stereos plug, and they pulled it out partway, and you just sort of do a broken speaker. I say this with love and legitimate, honest love and respect for everything that band has done and given to me. Or sold to me, I guess I should say, over the decades. That you bought. That I per- that I purchased gladly, happily. I don't know how many times I have purchased half of these fucking records. But gladly, happily. KISS is an amazing live show in the same way that Iron Maiden is fucking heavy. Okay. Iron Maiden now is not heavy. But once they were... Yeah, they're not as heavy as they used to be. Um, it's not they, that they're not as heavy show. as they used to be. It's everything got way heavier. That's also true. Um, never so Say Die. Never Say Die. Ozzy is out of the band, and they're writing for Dave Walker. And, and they were ready to go on with Dave Walker. And? You're not, you're not going to say? You say. They did a television program. There's a, with yeah, Dave Walker. They did a live performance with Dave. Yeah, on television. And they liked him, and they liked, they, he did some of the new material, he wrote a couple of songs with them. And then Ozzy came back in and was like, I will not do anything that guy did. The, the best part about Ozzy coming back is he just like shows up, pretending like he never quit. Like Sid Barrett did to Pink Floyd. Yeah. On Wish You Were Here. I'm except, here to do my parts. <laughs> like, except the difference was they're like, oh, sweet. Rather than, hey, pork chop, come on, man. 
I think if Dave had fit better, they probably would have never put Ozzy back in. And uh, Ozzy would still be Ozzy. He sang on Paranoid. He sang on Iron Man. He sang on Speed League. He sang War Pigs. I think if I think if Ozzy is gone at that moment, he dies. I might have. I mean, shit. I think he only yeah, didn't shit. die because of Sharon. That's also true. So would Sharon have found him at that point? Dave Walker is the singer right now of Humble Pie. Whatever passes for Humble Pie. Holy what? There's shit. still a Humble Pie. There's still a humble pie, which I imagine is terrible. Has no. It's a lot like what, it's, it's a lot. It's probably a lot like Foreigner right it now. Doesn't have Peter Frampton and Steve Marriott, who I think is not alive anymore. Why the fuck do I want this band? Yeah, he's well, gone. Have you seen Foreigner lately? Every other tour, Foreigner has one original member yeah. or no original members, and I saw them right. on both. Mm-hmm. And I'm at I'm at the arena, and I see these people going, "Oh my god, I'm finally seeing Foreigner! I can't believe!" And I'm like. You have not checked Wikipedia today. It's not really fun. But okay, Savoy Brown, if you're a fan of classic rock, go look that band up because they are criminally and truly underrated. As a, as Everyone a in St. Louis knows them because of KC Classics. Mm. Okay. Just going to say that. So look, I, we, I live in a smaller big town, so I got to puff us up every day. Puff it up every chance you can, pal. So Ozzy comes back in, doesn't want to do the material they already wrote to Which record. means uh, Bill is now singing, the other, singing another tune. Bill gets to sing another song, Swing in the Chain. Although he sings it like Ozzy, and if I didn't know that was Bill, I would not I have think noticed. think it was Ozzy. Yeah. I wouldn't have noticed. Um, Junior's Eyes. I mean, like, we don't, we again, do not need to do the track by track on this guy. Um... No, I mean, I they're... like the song Never Say Die. Uh, there's a funny anecdote about this in the Dave Mustaine book where the very first shows Metallica ever played, they would close with that song and tell people they wrote it. Yeah, but they told they, people they wrote they... a lot of songs. They, 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 they did. They did. Steal, steal Talica. Theft Talica. Oh. I won't fight it. I mean, everyone does that, but like, I mean, James was James they picked was a always... pretty like. If you're gonna pick which fighter general that most Americans don't know in 1981 or two, Diamond Head. If you're gonna Diamond Head, who people don't know, and uh, Blitzkrieg and Sweet oh, yeah. Savage and people who don't know these bands, and White Spirit for Panic Yannick. People bands. came up to James after him would come up to him after shows and go, "Wow, you guys write great songs." And his response and what he said in the interview in Guitar World was. Well, we weren't going to tell him we didn't write it. But also Never Say Die is a band, is like the final song with Ozzy that anyone would know from the final album. He did. Is it? I mean, is that something people would know? It was on radio. I heard it was on it? radio as a little kid. I mean, I don't love this album. This album's hard to listen to. Uh, Never Say I, Die is the okay, best Okay, you track talked on about it. how you had to like stop songs for the first time. I'll tell you which ones. Like I, I had to stop all of them. Couldn't get through it. I could not get through a single track. Yeah. Where it's I like, like okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend I to like work the, a little bit. I like the like Never Say Die has a late '70s fun vibe that I like. Right it, again, they were trying to go the opposite of the, who they are. They're is, not trying to be who they are. They're trying right. to be who they think they're supposed to be. Again, this is lounge act Black Sabbath. They, they could have put William Shatner fronting this, snapping his fingers, and I don't know that it would have been any different. Yeah. Um, you're thinking about it because you're like, "Fuck, damn, yeah, he's right." True. It's not untrue. Um, so never say die is a decent track. 
It's all right. People know Junior's eyes. Eh, it's okay. But it's um, already going downhill. It's way. We've down never down. say die is down. This Junior's album did eyes. not need an instrumental. No. It, it did not need an instrumental Johnny saxophone is not solo. Good. Shockwave is not good. Air Dance is not good. These songs are not good. Johnny Blade is fuck awful. It's terrible, yo. Air and, Dance. Uh, of a standard what is of this Air band, Dance? Of a standard this band is supposed to be at, this ain't it. This, I would rather listen to St. Anger twice in a row, which is like 70 minutes, than listen to the 37 minutes of this song again. Uh, 30, the 45 minutes of this record again. I probably will not go back to this much. I will. Ne- um, I will never go. I mean, the cover is amazing. Uh, should not be. We, did we didn't mention, really talk about the technical ecstasy cover or whether it's good or bad. A lot of thoughts on that, but like this album cover is actually not terrible. Do you know who did these covers? Was it Hypnosis? It was Hypnosis. Our good buddy Storm. Storm Thorgerson and uh, what's his face Powell. I don't care. I just saw all the Pink Floyd stuff, so uh, my brain Storm is uh, in the one in all the documentaries. So yeah, yeah, the other because he kind of edged out his buddy there. The other guy still works; he's still alive, by the way. Fair enough. It wasn't a team of guys; maybe even three. Yeah, the third guy, and then the guy who the two guys who kind of got inspired by them that dude everybody else's records is Hugh Syme, who did all the Rush covers because he thought Hypnosis was incredible, and Roger Dean, who had a completely different style but was also kind of inspired by the surrealism, but he did it with paintings and they did it with photography and imagery i I love the way david gilmore described it was well storm would say we have to have this photo so he could go have a vacation on our dime in america fully fully true fully true smart Um, smart choices so so then so the 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 before the album story and the after album story is the real interesting part of this record discussion so Ozzy leaves and comes back. They somehow finish a record. I don't know how. It isn't good. In Toronto in the winter. Who chose that? Uh, well, it sounds like a punishment. Sorry, Canadian friends. I love y'all. Not for me, but for most people, yes, it totally is. Um, uh, uh, apparently, uh, the rejected album cover for this album ended up on a Rainbow album in the eighties. Uh, and you know okay. what? You know what? You know what matters more than anything? Rainbow after Dio doesn't matter. It no, it totally matters. Oh, air quotes. Oh, sure totally it matters. Right. Very important. With Joe, well, who gives a fuck? Jolyn Turner, who's awesome. Oh, Jolyn it is Joe. A, I, it was Joe. All right. Jolyn Turner's it. a great singer. He's actually. Yeah, but in Dio, it doesn't matter because it was it was, or and and I'm sorry, in Rainbow, it doesn't matter because it is Richie. You start off with well, you have Richie and you have Dio. You have the melding of these two amazing powers, and everybody's gonna fall short. Well, we'll talk about that. Maybe we'll do Rainbow on one of these. Um, oh but here's the Never Say Die thing. Here's the thing that basically breaks the band. Breaks the band apart. So they cobbled together this fucking record. And they managed to put a record out. And they go to open the UK tour to celebrate this record. And they choose a critically... Uh, made a critical mistake with the opening band. Not the first time they did this. Not the first go, time they Let's did go this. back a little bit. In uh, I believe it was Sabotage. Kiss open for Kiss them. Kiss open for them and whip their ass. 
and, and it was that on was Kiss's way up, and Sabbath was struggling to hold on. Right, that was in I forget which one they which one said it, but they they you know Gene Simmons comes up and how you in, in his makeup, how you doing? Doing his whole shtick, and he freaked them all out. How's it going? I'm Gene. And that's when they realized the opening act just scared us. Yeah, just scared Black Sabbath. Yeah, just scared Black to be unflappable. But the mistake they made here was a little old band from Pasadena called Van Halen. Oh. They, uh, in 78, they blew it. Eruption and running with the devil and ain't talking about love and all these Van Halen one songs. And they got blown off the stage in the way you always hear about Okay, it. picture this for just a moment. And I, I am hypothesizing because I like to hypothesize about this kind of thing as somebody who's never been there. But I would imagine in 1978, uh, Van Halen did not have the money for the cocaine, but wanted the cocaine. And Black Sabbath had the cocaine. So they probably shared it with Black Sa- with Van Halen before they went on stage. Which was oh, probably yeah, yeah. a bigger mistake to make because now you have diamond dave on cocaine (laughs) in 78 in 78 like a 24 year old diamond dave bombed out of his gourd on uppers right do you want eddie playing faster do you want these guys actually playing better you just made them yeah exactly so i mean i can't even even on black sabbath's best day and van halen's worst day before Gary Sharon, not with Gary Sharon. And uh, I've only ever seen Van Halen with Gary Sharon, I'm going to point out. But even on, you know, Van Halen's best day or worst day and Black Sabbath's best day, that is not a tour that should ever happen. No, and it definitely was Black Sabbath struggling at the end and Van Halen just crushing it. Just put out Van Halen one. Ain't talking about love, and she really, you really got me around the mm-hmm. radio in '78, oh, yeah. and it, a lot, and maybe people even came to see Van Halen and left. It did not take long for Van Halen to take over the world. Yeah, you know, it was not like Kiss that took a few albums, or Metallica that took ten years, or Black Sabbath that took three or four years. Van Halen showed up, and they were huge, and they were done, and they and they owned it. And on top of that, they were just so much more energetic. I mean... Proficient, every single thing. There is nothing Sabbath does individually better than anything Van Halen does individually. Mm. Fair. I mean, there was a time. There was a time. So, anyway, yeah, man. It's just... uh, It's a very sad end to a great decade. And it is a great decade. I don't want the this episode to end on too down a note. I don't know where we would be without those first four or five Sabbath albums. I would um, say six, even. Yeah, the six. And and you're not even a fan of all those, like I am, some of them. But like, I don't know where our genres would be without them. We definitely, you know, if we only not... had Zeppelin and no Sabbath, we definitely would be missing some cute, crucial and key things that we need to make this heavy music. No, and I would not say we would be missing some key things. We would be missing all of it. Yeah. Because Black Sabbath was the first metal band to be a metal band. 
they went they walked away from it around album six or seven you know your mileage may vary as to when that that you know that change happened but before that change whenever you think it was there was a time when they were just a straight up scary as fuck metal band and they were the first one it's not like they were quiet riot you know being a party band easing into this or acdc you know having a tongue-in-cheek kind of thing singing about the ladies and the evil stuff and you know whatever no they were singing about the devil who is chasing your ass down and sticking your fucking ass in the fire that's that's that is the first thing you take your soul right that's i mean that's they didn't even like warm you up into that you know you know wicked world and no it's here's the devil Here's his pitchfork. Good luck, fucker, because you're He's done. He's evil, and you're on the wrong side. Right, and um, then you get to then you get to paranoid, where they're 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 you know as as and I forget what song it was off Justice because I mean it's all basically one seventy eight minute song on that album, and you know and, and you know James Hetfield writes the lyric energy derives from both the plus and negatives, mm-hmm. and then he says in the behind the music and we were really good at the negative. And that's Black Sabbath for a very long time. Very good at the negative. Very good at being scary and heavy and dark. It, it's not like there was a there, there was no period of adjustment. Actually, they adjusted later to be less than that. But without that, without Black Sabbath, we don't have we don't have metal. Period. And then, like a year and a half later, Tony's in L.A. Where he lives, and he meets Dio, and they go on to do Heaven and Hell. It doesn't even sound like the same band. Oh, are we going to talk about Heaven and Hell? We're not. Oh, but I'm fuck. Just, I'm just mentioning. Damn it. I'm just mentioning. You got me excited. You got, you got well, me excited. I just think, like, the Black Sabbath story is not over where we're ending. No, it's, it's definitely stories not. are over and where we're ending. Obviously, the Metallica story went on. The Maiden story went on. If you ask me, the Black Sabbath story ends for the first time in 1982. And then it comes Dio back. Leaves. Yeah, it comes back in '92, because it's in not 92, so much that it's because Dio left, but it's also because they didn't really no, have a plan when he left. It's not because Dio left. It's because it's because Geezer left. That's true. He does one more record with Geezer, which is uh, which is Born Again, yeah. which has a lot of a lot of people, a lot of opinions on that one. I love that and record. I know a lot of people don't. I, I dig it. I don't love it. I, I, I love dig Ian, it, dude. But that was when when Geezer's like, you know what, dude, I, I'm just gonna go get high in St. Louis apparently because he lived here for a number of years. Mm. Why do you think he's a Cardinals fan? I mean, I Gloria must be from there. And uh, so he, you know, he's like, I'm gonna go get high in St. Louis. Whatever, I'm just gonna go to the Midwest. And, and then Tony carries on for six or seven years, revolving singers like every other day, and it never sounds like Sabbath again until until Deal Geezer back. comes back. Because what makes Sabbath Sabbath isn't Ozzy, isn't Dio, isn't Tony, isn't Geezer. It's Tony and Geezer working together. Yeah. Creating creating that. I do love Vinny. uh, Epsy. Epsy in the band. He did, you know, Bill could not go on. He had to be removed, unfortunately. And I never got over Ozzy. Okay, sure. Okay. I don't know what happened to Bill, but Bill stopped playing for some reason. 
he went also, on. I think it was half the tour of Heaven and Hell he did, and then Vinny comes in, and then he comes back for Born Again, and then he bolts before the tour. And he he was also like, I I quit, I quit, I'm quitting. This is my last show. I'm quitting. Dio talks all about it in the Dio book. He's like, he's quitting. And I'm quitting, and I quitting, and finally, like you know what, quit because like we don't want to do this anymore, and you're not that good anymore anyway. Like they they had yeah, it's like my ex wife. Hell, hey, well, once you left, my life got better, so I mean it's fine. Everybody's next for a reason. It's usually a good one. Um, exactly. And I mean, yeah, and it was Bill and Ozzy and Dio and Tony and Ian and. Uh, Shit. Um, Glenn, they were not, none of them were the, the ingredient and none of them mattered to the Sabbath brand. It was those two guys. It was, it was Geezer and Tony who were able to weave this tapestry, like the tapestry that Steve Harris goes on to weave later with other guitar players. And that's to me that is the be all and end all of sabbath and i don't know it, it's good that it kind of flamed out so they could try something new yeah i mean in a way you know the falling apart after these rec these last few records led to this grand time with dio that we definitely need to have needed to have metal needed more than so. that it leads to the grand time with dio and it leads to ozzy's grand time with randy yeah, like Ozzy goes solo and has an immeasurable impact. I know people love Dio and I love Dio uh, tremendously, but Ozzy's cultural impact, I'm not talking about the Osbournes, I'm talking about Ozzy, the solo artist, well surpassed Black Sabbath, not, oh, in terms God, of their, yeah. not in terms of their legend and the shit they put down, but I'm talking about like Ozzy as a pop icon, borderline, the reason he's Ozzy and not Ozzy Osbourne you know, it was the 80s. If you went by a singular no, name, Bowie, you're exactly Prince, right. Michael, Madonna, Janet, Bruce, Ozzy. George. When I was growing up, you know, Michael, what, not Bowie. Because you're, you're three or four years older than me, and that boy, George, can't sing. Can know. I talk? Can yes. I fucking talk? <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> can I shut up is the better question. The, just for the record, when I said that, Keefe was smiling as big as I was because mm -hmm. we, we know. So Keefe's going to shut up. I'm going to mute him if I can figure out how. Um, just shut up. Go ahead. Okay. So when I was – Keefe is a few years older than me. Not significant when I'm in my 40s, but in 1982, significant because he remembered Black Sabbath with Ozzy. So I'm growing up, and I discovered Black Sabbath in 1985 – I don't remember, maybe 86. I, I forget what grade I was in, but I know what school I was in. And I can remember specifically where I was the moment I first heard the phrase Black Sabbath. I'm in the hallway at Scruggs School waiting to go to recess, telling my buddy about this great song that this tag wrestling tag team, the Road Warriors, came out to. They came out to Iron Man. And I'm singing it to them. And apparently in a time when I was younger, I could sing a song people knew. I don't have that ability anymore. So I'm singing the song. It's like, oh, yeah, that's Black Sabbath. I'm like, that's the what now? It's like, yeah, it's Ozzy Osbourne's old band. And I'm like, Ozzy Osbourne was in an old band? And I'm thinking, oh, I love Suicide Solution. I love Crazy Train. I love I Don't Know. I love Bark at the Moon. I love um, the one about the night. Turn on the night. Whatever. I don't know. 
something off. No, steal not, away the night. Steal a, No. Shit. No, no. It was uh, the one with the lady with the the, the red eyes. Uh, oh, okay. Shot in the dark. Shot in the dark. Not even night. So Liberace Ozzy. Yeah, Liberace Ozzy. Ter- terrible. I mean, bad song. Nightgown video. Tease right. hair. Yeah, oh my god. In the in the bumblebee outfit. I mean I mean we Ultimate all thought Ozzy. Was gay, but maybe Ozzy, I don't know. We were like, wow, he this is some flamboyant shit right here. Everybody was gay in the eighties. They were totally all, super gay. They were drunken on Coke. They were all gay. That that's what gay is. A, a hole's a hole when you're on Coke. Oh shit. Okay, we, we just got I'm glad crazy. my mom is not alive to hear this anymore. Um I will I'm say I'm glad this, Chuck's re- not alive. The first my, gay man my, I ever did. My recollection but the point is, I, I'm sorry. The point I was trying to make was, well, you you're absolutely right. I was making a point. Yes, fuck you. Um, Ozzy was an icon at that time, and Black mm. Sabbath was a nothing burger. To- oh, yeah. And I mean, Heaven and Hell is a huge, humongous, flawless fucking record. I will tell you that being like six or seven years old, and I remember asking my brother about the, when's the next Black Sabbath record coming out. And he's like, there isn't going to be one. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, they kicked out Ozzy, and I don't think they can go on without him. And I literally, eight, seven, eight, nine, barely register blip, barely register Black Sabbath with D.O. as a little kid, because also other things are coming in. I live in New York City, rap, pop right. music, Michael Jackson, all kinds of shit. And all this other stuff is coming at me, and I'm really not hearing the Sabbath I only hear the Black Sabbath with Ozzy on the radio in New York, and I never hear Heaven and Hell until a little bit later as I start to get into Maiden and Priest. And then Dio comes in, and I'm like, oh, where'd this guy come from? Black Sabbath. I was like, no, the Black Sabbath singer was Ozzy. No, no, they made these records with this guy. Listen to this. Oh. And I remember Dio at that. I remember Dio around the time of Lick It Up, of, you know, Quiet Riot. Dio was there, too. But the, the, the couple of years he spends in Black Sabbath making these records that the Dio solo band never could approach completely. For, I mean, it was just a blip and it was nothing. Yeah. And then they well, go the into... The records are great, but they're on, you know, they're really Ronnie's, like, oh, the, uh, you know... Everything Ronnie Wells does is Ronnie's mono. thing. Well, again, read the book. Not as much as he would have liked. Um, everything he felt Everything like uh, Rainbow like was supposed to have his name on it, and it didn't. And then he argued with them not to call it Richie Blackmore's Rainbow because then it becomes like a less of a band. And then, it, of course, it was Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. And then he goes into Sabbath, and he was yeah, because like, you know what, Ronnie, all your those records you did in Elf, which were fuck terrible, yeah, those really held some sway. He, he kind of took over. I don't know. Some of those records are great. He uh, no, Elf was not. very underrated. He no, took over not. managing Black Sabbath. I'm just going to mention this. Not only did he come in the band as the vocalist and revitalize Tony, because Tony didn't have a riff ready when he met you know, a few things, but nothing really great when he met Ronnie. And then Ronnie inspired him to do all this stuff that becomes Heaven and Hell, Neon Nights, and Children of the Sea, and Lonely is the Word, all these incredible songs. Dio takes over managing them. And I think that fucking fixed some of the shit that was broken because clearly the rest of them had no fucking good business sense about them. And it kind of, so like at the same time, they have this creative, uh, you know, rebirth like a phoenix. Their business shit is finally right for the first time in and 10 years. And yet nobody cares. I know, but like, and, and that's they had so the money frust- made. That, that's what's so frustrating is I think that Heaven and Hell, I mean, Heaven and Hell 
probably my favorite Black Sabbath record. But again, 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 I came in on Dio after he was gone for a couple of years, but that that's when I got there. And so, you know, it, it ruins my perspective. So, you know, the Black Sabbath story does not end. The Black Sabbath story goes on a lot of odd twists and turns. And the time of the, the time of Ozzy and, and being in that band as a functioning unit had been over for five years at this point. Unit. <laughs> Sorry. They're into butthead sometimes. Um, yeah, you're 100% right. I am Beavis is one of my nicknames for a long time. It has to do with the schnoz. But, um, you know, uh, I'm grateful for Black Sabbath. I'm thankful that we have you, you do not have what we have without those first records. Without Ozzy, people want to knock Ozzy. You don't have these things without Ozzy. And um, I can say every day that I prefer Dio to Ozzy, but it doesn't matter. What matters, because if Dio was there first, we're not here today. Period. Uh, nothing matters that, you know, without Ozzy, none of this happens. Like, Correct. honestly, he's the Correct. he's literally the sauce on, he's the icing on the cake. Uh, I understand that he might be the least talented guy of the original four guys. He, he totally Sabbath. is, but he's not any less important. He's no less important. And if anything, he kind of invents how to be a heavy metal singer on top of everything else. You know what? He might um, be the most important because of that. Because, I mean, I love Tony, but as a technician, he, he doesn't really match up to many of his peers. As well, a writer, he does. As yeah, a technician, the writing, the he riff does not. maker. The riff, I mean, his leads are great. Some of his leads are fucking great. I Agreed. just think, and again, he's got half a hand. I mean, like, he's yeah. missing, but missing I, fingers. I think, I think crucial, honestly, crucial fingers. Black Sabbath, the, the most important function, parts of Black Sabbath, which are what create the world that we live, that we inhabit in 2021, is more Geezer Butler and Ozzy Osbourne than it is Tony. Though I love Tony to death, but that is not unfair. Um, I mean, I, realistically speaking. How far away from, say, Jimmy Page is Tony Iommi? Well, I'm the wrong person to ask this to because I think Jimmy Page is, like, on a level that only Hendrix approached and maybe – and I'm talking about the whole thing, not just the pl- – I, I understand that there – I had to fight this battle my whole childhood. Jimmy Page is sloppy. Jimmy Page can't solo. Jimmy Page doesn't use distortion. Jimmy Page is blank. I had to fight that fight, okay? Jimmy Page – is has had an impact on music you can't even calculate. Not with the, the shit okay. he forgot how to do. I'm not talking about that. Okay. I know. I'm huh? not fighting. Who's fighting? You. I also love David Gilmore. I also. I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't put Iommi as a soloist against those guys, but as a rhythm no. Maker, what I'm 100%. I'm saying as a player, as an overall player, in terms of style and quality. They're not all, you know, we did this when I was a kid at junior high school. We were trying to compare Van Halen to Clapton and they're apples to oranges. They're not the same. Iomi, Iomi to Page is not apples to oranges. No, they're closer. It's true. That's what I'm talking about. So They're from the same school. That's fair. If we did not have Iomi, we had Page okay. to give us what Iomi gave us. Somewhat. Like, somewhat. To I, start, I mean, like, let me rephrase, to start the conversation. 
there's a few there's a few other people too again i richie is in there just to agree richie is there the dude from minagata devita is there jimmy hendrix is there to begin the conversation then you have page and naomi to continue the conversation i don't want to give clapton any credit but oh tiny fuck that no fuck that guy fuck that guy accepting cream because that then whatever but not the point but without ozzy and without geezer you you without geezer you don't have steve harris without steve harris what do you have not this not a band we don't have it um without steve harris you don't have iron maiden without iron maiden you lose i mean that's you know that's the butterfly that that that's the butterfly killed in a sound of thunder got literary got very fucking poetic right poetic right there i thought i was the poet and i didn't know it i've read some books i, I think you might have um are you a fan of pablo neruda pablo neruda is probably my i'm a fan of pedro moldovar in the original okay. spanish okay oh well excuse me I speak. I speak Spanish. Did you I know, know you do. Japanese, Spanish, Bulgarian. I can't like every like every time I speak Spanish at work, somebody walks by. I'm like, wait a minute, you speak Spanish? And I get yelled at. Oh, Nick, you're so distracting when you're speaking Spanish. So I tell them now, look, guys, I'm speaking Spanish. It's really distracting when you speak English. So I'm just trying to attack your white privilege. Don't mind me. Um. Anyway. Wow. Anywho. I'm not going to fart in the microphone, but I'm going to think about it. I always feel like this lamp behind you is a hi-hat stand. It's a lava lamp. Or that The other shoulder. Yeah, that that, rim of that shade, lampshade, hits me like a... Yeah. Don't worry. You only have six more months of it. I know. You're going to have a whole new... You guys are going to decorate... Yeah, it's gonna be all hockey jerseys. Record room probably gonna to have to come visit at that point. I don't if that, know. Once, once, that once that room happens, I'm gonna finally decorate a room in a house. That's pretty cool. Not this house or the other house the I next, owned. The next or the apartments house. I've had been in. But the new the next one. You're gonna actually personally decorate that room. I bet it's by putting cool. hockey jerseys up. I think it's fucking cool. So I gotta buy more. So Black Sabbath, we're done. Yeah. Again, valuable. I think there's value. In appreciating, I know that people love some of these records we bombed, sabotage. People love some of these records. Agree. So, like, I'm not shitting on your taste. Please don't get upset at me. I already had that guy jump in my DMs about my written Metallica load retrospective review and dog me. I'm 56 and a metal expert, and I don't think you know what you're talking about. It's a really great album, and you're you're an idiot. Thank you. Or at 90% of musical criticism from, you know, my personal layman's perspective of only having done this for uh, way too long. Um, it's, it's personal taste. And you're, yes for and me, no. yes no. largely personal taste. When it comes to these records. Your personal taste colors your experience. Correct. But you, but there's also, there's an art to, to be able to take some, listen, I love Pink Floyd. They are my favorite band ever. And people look at me weird, like a dog looks at you funny when you put peanut butter on your balls in front of him and he starts to think about what's going to come next. He wow. looks at you like, nah, what's, what's about to For happen? For the record, here? Keefe's not drunk. I don't have I a am. dog and I'm not drunk. But uh, people look at me weird when I say Pink Floyd is my favorite band. And I'm like, I don't understand that because Pink Floyd should be a lot of people's favorite band based on history. But like, I'm going to admit I, it finally. I think they're is, my favorite band now. 
the endless river is garbage and they it have is. done some terrible things along the way that they should be ashamed of despite, despite the peaks of greatness that are untouchable same thing with metallica same thing with greatness which oh, is a completely. segue this is a segue which is why we could just do this jerk off shit we well, listen we took sabbath in the 70s un, untouchable early shit defined genres multiple and then and we could have stopped touched. and we could have stopped but to be objective and talk about what's not good okay we could continue to do this and do just the pinnacle bands right but we I, could have done what metallica is doing right now jerked off over the black album for 10 weeks oh we sure could have oh my god there is plenty uh, even podcasts though i'm great by the way i really am enjoying it. i me too even though I am not a big the fan British of that record. girl announcer, ew. Not You're that. listening to the Black Album, episode six. Horrible. Sorry. Horrible. We don't need it. Even though I, I am want not man the biggest. in there or somebody. Stop you know? it. Let me. Even though I am not the biggest fan of the Black Album, there is plenty of, there is plenty of amazing content there for us to discuss. Mm-hmm. We could have done probably 20 podcasts on the first VHS tape of a year and a half in life of Metallica alone. But no, we continued. We went into the, we go to the peaks, we go to the valleys. We take the most, what we, this series is us looking at a band that both of us loves unnaturally and is jerked off to too many times. <laughs> jerking off on this episode um shall we, always shall we briefly discuss the next band for people to keep coming back and listening go ahead you hit it so the next we nick just inadvertently we did metallica in the 90s made in the 80s sabbath in the 70s that's kind of how it going, happened i don't think we're going back to the 60s me may at some point it, probably at some point no i don't think so because there's no band cream that but I hate no, there's no, there is no, no band that's gone the whole decade. That's true. Well, not all these bands have gone the whole decade, but the next band, I, I, I think it's important to, you know, you can always have the pantheon of greatness, the greats of greats, but it's important to recognize the bands that are not top of mind, but are great and became great. And so the next, we're, we're going to go backwards to the 90s, forwards to the 90s again, and then we'll do 80s and 70s and we'll see if that works. But um, the next band is a band that I am a huge fan of, and I don't know that Nick has listened to extensively other than I have not. the hits. Have so not Nick's even the hits. going to discover a lot of these albums. We are picking up a band after what is considered to be their second or first best record. So they had their first hit, and then a decade happened where they had a wild range of success, but also some some you know not misses musically but some pitfalls in their career that were interesting we'll say and i have many thoughts on why uh and that band is king's x and i think king's x is brilliant they were madly copied and ripped off by other bands they never have broken through in a mainstream way even though they were woodstock 94 played like they play, I was there. They, manic, play, they, they played Manic Depression that, that, that show. They played Manic Depression. They played Arsenio and a lot of funny, like weird things. They, they're like just a snake bitten band, but one of the greatest bands ever, actually. I recently interviewed Doug Pinnock for one of his new bands called Grinder Blues, which you might really love um, because it is like a real blues rock project. Like and Cream. Not, and not like a Cream, like a Hendrix 
meant to be that way. It's two brothers who are very acclaimed bluesmen cool. and Doug on vocals and bass. And it's different than King's X. Obviously, some things will always sound like Doug, how Doug sings with Doug and how Doug plays the instrument and whatnot. But King's X, maybe the most underrated band ever that is successful. And that is a wild accusation. And I hope to back it up by the end of the next series. I'm just going to point out that Keefe shot down my band of the 90s, Green Jello. I didn't shot, shoot them down. I just didn't want to do them next. I love No, them. I didn't I didn't even bring them up. Oh, I actually just saw <laughs> Finn McKenty, the punk rock NBA, just did a like, do these songs hold up from the 90s? My my like, good friend Danny is playing with Green Jello. That's great. Here in St. Louis in three weeks. I hope you're going. I'm not. I like Bill Mansby. If, if my kid, because of where it's at, uh, I'm not going. If my kid can get vaccinated by that point, oh, I will go. I would, I would tell you that Green Jello is a great show for kids. Fun fact, did you ever go to like an amusement park and they have like a go record your song at the amusement park? Oh yeah, park? I did uh, No Sleep to Brook. No, I did Fight for Your Right. Fight for Your Right to Party. So I did Jump Terribly. Of course. By Van Halen. With the yeah. It's only scream. of course because David Lee Roth is. I was a teenager in fairness. My voice wasn't quite there yet. Fair. This is before LaGuardia High School, Keefe. This is like pre-pubescent, still kind of. Histronic, huh? yes, no, yes, nobody, nobody's judging you. And then I did the three little pigs, nice. and and uh, three little pigs. By the way, the voice of the pigs, little little pig, little pig, let me in. Not by the hair of my chinny chin, 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 chin. That's Maynard from Tool, and the drummer yes, on that song is Danny Carey from Tool, who was a sort of on again, off again Green Jello. You know what I love about that that song though? The video. He puts it on every album. Oh, there. It's, it's I have I have the new one. I have the new Green Jello yeah, record. Uh and it, it's it's got that with uh the trailer park boys, the guys from Nova Scotia. Yeah. But uh okay, so yes, we're gonna start King's X next week. Yes, and it's gonna God. be really interesting because you have never really listened to them. So I, I will, here's my homework for you. You will not like this. I want you to try to go back and listen to the records we're not gonna do, or at least the one right before. Make okay. the time. That's Go true. listen to the record right before the one we're going to start with. Well, let me know where I don't even Faith know where Love we're starting. Hope. So send me an I'll, email. I'll, I'll send you an email with the list, but you want to start with Faith, Love, and Hope. Okay, fair enough. That is me. actually arguably their best record or their second best record, depending on a diehard fans. King's X has some of the greatest fans. They have some of the greatest songs. And I think they're going to be a very interesting discussion topic for us because I'm a diehard fan and you have not really listened to them other than maybe you might know Dogman. Correct. This is, I know a couple other songs. This is going to be an odd series just for that reason. The fact but it's that good I, to have it after like Metallica, Maiden, and Sabbath. We kind of needed we need, something we, else. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And we will, in the meantime, we will consider, uh, I don't even know how many episodes this is going to be. So we will think about what's coming up next. I'll, I'll and, make a, a plus plot of course. All right. Well, that's all I got this week. You? I'm out, buddy. Peace out. Thanks again. All right, this is the Glacier Musical Podcast. Thank you very much for clam baked chocolates. And hopefully, I will be in uh, Peoria. No, I'm not, but I will be wearing my Peoria hockey jersey in Moline. See ya.